On this episode of A State of Control, we talk about software tools for AV programming, mid-range projects, and coding in different languages. All that and more, next on A State of Control. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. A State of Control is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Advanced AV. A State of Control. This is A State of Control, episode 22, recorded Tuesday, December 22nd, 2015. Fragmentation. This is A State of Control, the monthly look at social, uh, shoot, it's, you know what, it's the week of Christmas that I've already screwed this show up. It's State of Control, it's a look at programming. How about that? Good night. My name is George Tucker, and I'm your host. Uh, not really. <laughs> My name is Tim Albright, and I'm the dummy leading this thing. So, uh, with us to talk about state of control is, as always, Mr. Steve Greenblatt, chief everything at Control Concepts. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Yeah, you better than no me. Problems there. I think Thank we're, you. Uh, we're gonna have a good show. All right. Uh, also with us is my buddy and pal from the uh, great country of Germany. Uh, how are you, Pat? Great, Tim. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. And then uh, one uh, one other person here. We're going to bring in Troy Morgan. Uh, Troy is from Pantech Design. How are you, sir? How you doing? Glad to be here. And one thing about Troy is, if you were either at at uh, Infocom or Cedia, he's the guy that had the R two D two. So, how did you work that out? By the way, that was two years of uh, hard work. All right, uh, I, I built him from the ground up. He you built him. I built wow. them. Oh, wow. He's the only restaurant controlled R2-D2 in the world. <laughs> that is cool. Good night. The restaurant loved it. I was going to say, you should, you should if, if, if you're ever tired of him, you should probably sell that back to them. So that would be, uh, that'd be something that they could, uh, they could wrap, wrap their head around for, uh, uh, for marketing or something. Randy Klein will probably yeah, do something. They tried. Yeah. They I'm tried. Sure. I'm sure. Uh, all right, let's see if we can't kick this off. It's it's the week of Christmas here, so we're going to, you know, um, I've already screwed up the show, so it can only get better from here. Uh, we'll talk about software solutions this month uh, for automation and control programming. Um, Steve, we're going to kick this off with you on, on this one. Um, when it comes to just the, the software part, right, um, and, it, and we have Uncle Richie here in a second, um, once he gets set up, um, we will, uh, when it comes to, to software, um, what are the kind of the long-term impacts of doing the of these of, of the software changes that we're seeing? What are the longer-term impacts on the programmers themselves, the people who work in this on a daily basis? Sure. I, I so so we're we're kind of continuing the conversation that from our last show and. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're, we're, what we talked about there was that, that the landscape's changing. That that uh, there, there, there's uh, we're introducing a, some new challenges and and new new demands on programmers. But we're also seeing uh, the market for for programming opportunities erode in some ways. Uh, no, no longer ha- do the easy projects exist. Um, and and there's there there are more ways to be able to program simpler systems simpler 
and uh, and whether that's a configurable tool or or some you know uh, plug and play web drag and drop thing, uh, or it's uh, just coming up with with package systems. So programmers need to figure out how to differentiate themselves because the the market f uh, doesn't bear the co the 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 uh, costs of customized programming for the these the small like you know I guess maybe we could call it the huddle space effect and um, and and at least in the position that I've seen when you're talking about programming companies and, and people who who really do this day in and day out at, you know, for their livelihood uh, we've always specialized in taking on the more complicated projects it, it's really where we shine but uh, but there are plenty of programmers out there who have been able to just do the routine work uh, day in and day out, and um, and and I and, and what we discussed last last month is that the, those opportunities are eroding, and uh, and and we're, we're, programmers are going to need to reinvent themselves a little bit. Um, whether it's coming up with new ways of doing programming, uh, pro, new ways of automating programming, uh, or new ways of adding more value or more customization to programming where it's warranted. Well, Troy, and kind of expand on that a bit, what would you define as some of these, uh, I don't want to call them cookie cutter, but but kind of these, uh, the the simpler systems, the huddle spaces I would also throw in, um, large deployment classrooms where you have the same equipment in, in several different classrooms in a row. How would you How would you define those simpler systems? I think those those simpler systems are created almost out of necessity for uh, costs to having to come down. Um, what we're noticing is a lot of people are choosing the same equipment over and over again because it it makes sense. It, it's the right equipment. It's uh, what we've grown comfort with, and and it and it and it just works. And so once you start seeing those pieces, those those devices showing up over and over again. It kind of simplifies things, and it and it allows you to to do these very quickly with a configurable type solution. Uh, we, you know, we at Pantech Design use uh, have been doing our own tools just like everybody else for many years. And even though we program for a lot of different integrators, we find that the majority of the integrators out there are using pretty much the same equipment, and it it's allowed us to make great money over years. But like you said, the climate is changing and things are, our costs are having to come down. They're being driven down by the industry and by the, the myriad of different tools available out there right now uh, versus what we used to have, say, even two, three years ago. Uh, Rich, and, and with us is, is, is Rich Fergoza, Fergoza Design, um, our buddy from, from San Francisco. You, you've got a, a little different perspective on when it comes to programming. In residential, does that still, does that hold true? Do you have simpler or similar designs that you can pull from? Um, you know, let's say you have you have one house and that's really similar to this next house and, or it's the same designer or what have you, and, and you can pull from that, or is it custom every single time? Uh, <clears throat> I think there's similarities, especially residential, and I think that uh, obviously I, I had to uh, rally for this one here. The, the West Coast sunshine is not helping right <laughs> now. I'm... Uh, mired in the middle of a some find some kind of funk but uh 
Yeah, I mean, if, if you take a look at what, what Troy was doing, and I think one of the reasons why Troy was at Cedia, really, was that in the, and we've always spoken about, you know, there's 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 the different types of projects, right? So there's, there's and we talked about it before, there's there's the basic project, the configurable project, which is being handled by companies that have been out there. There's the Control Force, there's, um, you know, the Savant, uh, Crossfront King, they're, they're, they're already saying, look, here are entry-level solutions that provide what we need. The manufacturers already provided it. Yeah. So it, it so and and if you take a look in the residential scheme, I mean, there's Wemo, there's Iridium, there's iRule, there's uh, Peel. Uh, I mean, there's you know every time you turn around, there's a Kickstarter company yep. that's trying to build some kind of automation or smart remote control. Yeah, you know, and if you take a look at about it, the the most configurable one is. You know, the, one of the original ones, the Harmony remote, right? You know, I mean, turn your TV on, turn your TV off, and, and away you go. But but that is, for many people in the entry level, because of the cost of entry, that was home, that is home automation for them. So in residential, I think that, you know, if you are dealing with single rooms initially, you've got a TV, you've got X number of devices. You can plan around that. I mean, there's only so many residential devices that are made. You move into the midstream, then it gets potentially a little bit more complicated or a little trickier, and that's where the configurable solutions come into place. And configurable says, look, you know, this is intended for X amount of size of house, X amount of size of inputs. You know, you're not somebody who has, um, you know, an enclave, and you've got five outbuildings and the horse barn and, you know, the underwater pool and, you know, the motorized 300-inch screen that comes out of the lawn. And so the configurable solution, kind of that next step, from the entry level solution, I think that Troy and Patrick are, are looking at providing, which is the here are many common projects that people have. You know that they've got some form of distributed audio, some form of distributed video, maybe a viewing room, um, and then some forms of entertainment. And you know, we know we've only got either cable, satellite, um, you know, over the air, and then even within cable, it's only within a couple of providers within the country. So, you know, the the a lot of times it's a matter of, of it's always the, the chicken and egg decision, which is for an integrator, an integrator, if they're providing the product, is going to stay within their product line. So, yeah, they are going to have very similar products, and they're going to be pushing that out. And on top of it, they're not going to have the technical staff necessarily to push it out. And so they've always relied on third-party programmers like me and Steve and Troy and Patrick and, and, and everybody else. Um, and then there becomes the other line, which is the bespoke line. I mean, I, I just it's a natural evolution is that there's got to be ways to flatten the expenditures for the um, for the high dollar ticket guys, really. It's that if you can find a way um, with a package that you are not spending time with quote unquote, you know, X programmer who is billing out an X amount an hour just to help you get this one device online that you've done 40 times. You know, there's some value in it. Um, you know, and I, I, again, I think Resi is going to be the same way. Resi and commercial. I mean, there's there's only there's only so many products, and and again, this does not deal with a bespoke solution. A bespoke solution is a completely different animal altogether. And I know that Troy and and, and Reynold agree to that. That that's that's not necessarily the market when you have somebody who's looking for it for something that requires a different skill set yeah. but something has to fill that need in between and there's a lot of integrators right now who are saying we'd really love to use this stuff 
We don't necessarily want the basic tools that are out there, but we don't have the ability to get from here to there. And so, you know, it's a bridge um, at this point. I think, I think Richard's exactly right there. I, I think that one of the, one of the things that we as, as CSPs had to do in order to remain relevant and, and still make money was we had to cover all aspects of what Richard was just talking about. He, he went through the entry level, the mid, and then talked about the high end. And, and I think that, that our industry is plagued right now with a, a fundamental problem. And that's the fragmentation of the integrator's business model within. Um, they are choosing, I, I know you guys have heard this before where guys are saying, well, if I'm doing a lower end system, I'm going to do like, you know, just a basic harmony or something like that. But if I'm doing a middle grade system, then I'm going to do control four. And if I'm going to do a high end system, I'm going to do Crestron. And that fragmentation approach has cost the integrator a lot of money because they never become experts at any one thing. They maybe have a guy who's okay at this thing and that fragmentation has cost them a ridiculous amount of money and so adapt our our opinion and what we've done with adapt is we believe that you need to have one tool that can do it all that you can do the ultra low end be super efficient and cost effective and whip out a remote i mean that's what we're talking about here a one room simple remote get her done and and move on but you can't stop there with the product you have to be able to handle the the middle, and you've got to be able to do those uh, quick eight zone audio video type things, or or maybe it's a maybe it's a larger system, but but because of the the, the lack of complexity, it's thought of it as a mid grade. And then you also have to be able to do because you know guys, this is this is how we got here. You got to be able to do whatever gets thrown at you. Yeah. Doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter how complex it is. That whatever needs to get handled and dealt with and it needs to get dealt with the same way you're doing the low end well let me let me bring patrick in here because i want to i want to talk about you know rich and and, and troy both mentioned you know the the tools that we have and and going from the lower end up to the high end pat you guys not only are you a a csp and to to clarify csp is crestron's uh newest iteration of of their old cape system and csp is a a crestron service provider see if i got that right. right Uh, capes were and before that we were just cowboys. Well, yeah, <laughs> you, you and Steve, yeah, all, all y'all were. Um, <laughs> but but Pat's got um, a, a product just like Troy does, and, and it's 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 interesting, right? It's it's iPad based. It's all the other stuff. Patrick, how are you grabbing, um, or how are you when you talk to integrators? How are you talking to them about these tools and, and helping them understand exactly what it is you're trying to do? Well, um, first of all, I think custom will never go away. So there'll always be a need for custom. That'll always be there. But like you're saying, there's a lot of these huddle rooms and there's just no room for any kind of messing around. You've got to get in and get out and there's no margin at all. So the systems just have to be get done. And um, with what I'm doing, it started with the simple question of do I need a central controller all the time? Right? The programming is too expensive. Well, is it the software that's too expensive or the hardware? Because the hardware costs money too. If you've got a central controller and a touch panel, that costs a few bucks. Mm-hmm. And maybe an iPad can solve that problem. And then it's software 
So you might get more functionality out of the software that you would have spent on, on the hardware. So it's just a decision to be made, and um, you need to look at either, every situation differently. Even the small huddle rooms, right? It may be TV on, off, volume up, down, but if you've got 10 or 20 of them, um, maybe you want to have some kind of asset management or usage monitoring, and then things get complex again. So while the system itself is easy to control, it may be an opportunity for programmers to get in there and say, well, how are you going to manage all of these systems and, and make sure they're being used properly? All right, Steve from, and, and Steve is, uh, you know, all three guys, all these guys, or all four of these guys have their own companies. So uh, I'm going to start with Steve. Steve just, uh, was it back in the summer, hired a new programmer. Um, when you're looking for a new programmer or even helping your programmers develop their skills, what are you looking for? You know, how are you doing that? Because here's the thing, guys. Uh, you, you've got folks who, oh, who's the who's the diamond level CSP? What's his name? Um, there's like one of them in the entire world. Um, you, you've got guys like that, right? You've got programmers, guys and gals, both programmers like that who they're going to be crushed on all the way, or they're going to be uh, an AMX um, ultimate service provider. I think is what they're called. The 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 AMX uh, folks who know Got every you. huh diamond amx valued independent valued no no the, not the vip Partner. there's a there's a there's a higher level than a vip oh. um there's a when you when you're a programmer for for amx it's when you get a certification in every single uh thing that they offer uh, the that technical is, term is super duper thank you <laughs> i think it's like a master pro something around master's question anyhow <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, so you've got these folks that they are they are baked in. They are they are blue dog Crestrons or blue dog AMXers, and, and then you have uh, folks who you know sometimes it's generational, sometimes it's it's not. But they, they they see some of this stuff coming down the road, and they're like, you know what? I'm going to learn Java. I'm going to learn C plus. I'm going to learn Python. I'm going to you know. So they're they're developing their skills. Are there is there one right way, Steve? Is there one thought that you're that you're looking at when you're hiring folks, or when you're trying to develop your others, or is there is there enough here that you can say, okay, you know what, Bob over here, Bob's our, our Crestron guy, Susie over here, she's our AMX person, and this person here is our everything else. So, so I, I certainly think that that's a, a tough question to ask and, and would be answered differently by different people. If I'm going to ask, answer that from my perspective, we, we, uh, our strategy is to be able to service our customers with whatever platform they're requesting, and and be and and we have, we believe that being multilingual is important because we. Uh, find that to to be a, a good leverage point, and we use it for for different aspects of our business. So, um, hiring is is our our number one challenge, and I think is, if in talking to people throughout the industry is probably theirs as well. And I think uh, finding experienced people is is uh, a very uh, small percentage out there that. Uh, W both are available or willing to make a move and also uh, go, also meet the criteria that you're looking for. So when we go and look for people, we certainly are looking for somebody that knows AV. That would be the you know, number one thing. But then skill set wise, I think uh, having a background in other programming languages is a big advantage because that that's where we see the direction going and, and being able to apply the knowledge of object-oriented programming and other programming languages to AV systems, whether it's done in those native environments or translated over to the new programming 
uh, op uh, languages that are being provided within the AV space is, is really what I think has the most value. Um, I've always said that if you can get somebody to think properly and understand a user and be able to interface and, and be able to define the solution, learning the, the way to write the code is just a, a skill set that can be developed. So, um, you know, you definitely having those skills um, coming out of school is, is important. And, and, you know, like anything in school, they teach you to think. Um, but that, then um, being able to apply them is, is really what we look for for somebody who, who you know, kind of has that, that bigger package. So, so answering the question, we, we do not try to have um, specific people that are only uh, um, in, uh, trained in one area. Uh, moving forward, I think you have to be well versed in, in different areas, and, and it's challenging because the the uh, the difficulty is is that you have to practice something in order to be excellent at it, in order to be an expert, and and having those opportunities is, can can be a challenge to be able to get somebody who has a uh, good skill a, a, a refined skill set in in more than one platform. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rich, you one of your uh, more recent, um, well, the, the guy I met at Cedia last year was a. What did he teach? Calculus or, or some high level math. But he's also a really accomplished programmer. What do you look for when you're when you're talking to folks? Well, you know, it's it, it's interesting that we're talking about this. I, I think there's two roads that that we're going down. Um, I think one, um, you know, again, it's one one of the reasons why we're having this show is that because there was a lack of control systems programmers or people who want to be control systems programmers, there needs to be tools to still get the jobs done, to get out there. And again, I think that's it's, it's, um, why the fellows are here. What I've found myself branching out into is is rather than saying, you know what, I'm going to try to find somebody and groom them in, in the interim, I'm collaborating. And so I'm finding that, you know, it's far better in my particular um, kind of like project base to be able to collaborate and to share the workload and to find the guys who are good at what they do, bring everything together. It, it, I, I was laughing the other day. I, I was sitting with a client and, and I, it kind of something dawned on me and I went, you know, my, my job isn't necessarily to do the work. My job is to pick up the phone when you call to make sure that somebody's there. Um, that That's really our job more and more these days is to be facilitators. Um, more and more these integrators are lacking technical um, technical, high-level technical expertise. They can't necessarily afford them or they're losing them or a variety of things are happening. And the control system programmers now, I mean, when we first started out, I mean, and again, I'm, I'm probably speaking for Steve and, and Troy in this one, but, you know, 20, 25 years ago, you know, we were, we, I mean, it was the equivalent of, you know, uh, of cave drawings, the, the tools that we had. I mean, it was, it was rough. This stuff. I mean, we were we were dealing with like DOS drivers that weren't working. In okay, the okay, hang on, hang on one second. I, I had a conversation recently with with someone who actually has been programming longer than you, and I know that's that's hard to believe, but I, I swear to you, he told me he programmed a Crestron system on punch cards. That's awesome. Not kidding. <laughs> I sat you did there. it in Fortran. That's awesome. Yeah, but go ahead. That that rocks. I, I again, that is that is respect on that <laughs> it's uh um but a perfect example yesterday um what should be a simple project right just and like what troy was talking about is like 
variety of rooms, exit these things, you should be able to push it out. What the most time was spent with was HDCP. No. Keep in mind that the device that was the HDCP bridge is an automation controller, technically, right? It's 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 branded by this manufacturer that 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 provides it. So programming these days is only part of the problem. It, it it's it's troubleshooting. It is analyzing. It is improvise, adapt. Oh, see what I did there and overcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're right though richard i mean that that is that's, Sorry, that's, that's the cold medicine in me i can already tell <laughs> yeah that's great <laughs> dude you're spot on though you're spot on it's uh programming is a, a part of the battle the the unfortunate thing and and i know you guys all know this we're the ones that hold the bag in the end we're the last guys we're the guys that they're all looking to to make it all work and there are so many other things now that uh we do have to choose to become experts in or else we don't even have an answer for why it's not working or why we can't make it work or geez, even know what direction to take to make it work. So it's, it, it's definitely challenging, but programming is a, a only a part of that challenge. Yeah, so, so. To, so to come back to, to just a quick answer to your question, it's, it's home growing your, your, your techs, you know, I mean, you're, you're good. You've got a choice. You're going to have to either take techs, and raise them to a different level and use interim steps, which some of these software tools. And again, I think the manufacturers see it. I think that the manufacturers have no choice to see it. They have to provide better tools that they need to give it to somebody who doesn't come out of, out of school with a computer science degree. Because the reality is, is the guys that are coming out with CS degrees, you know, their first, their, the, I mean, the, 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 God, I was about to say the one ads, but you know, the, the, the Craigslist. You know, the, as you can see, I would be a very bad person coming out looking for a job right now. Um, but, you know, the kids that are coming out of school right now, I mean, they are going to look for that first Kickstarter company out there. They are going to look to make their own company. They are going to move out here out west of the Silicon Valley. I mean, there's there's this magnetic draw right now in tech for the talent because you can't help but think about the money that you could make with the next great IPO, and, the, and you know they're, they're, we're calling them the you know they're now being termed unicorns, right? You know everybody's chasing the unicorn right now. Every computer science major in college right now, I can guarantee you, does not sit there and go, you know, I would really like to figure out how to make an IR driver work. That is not what they're sitting, you know, and and that's a dilemma because we aren't necessarily as an industry making it viable, making it, and and we've had episodes about this in the past. How do we track these people and um, you know, I've been fortunate. My wife runs a business and entrepreneurship program here at, at our local high school. It's a, it's a school within a school. And so these kids, these kids are writing code. These kids are going. These kids are 14 and 15 year old kids, 30 and 40 of them going to hackathons. You know, I've got 14 year old kids that can write Python rings around me, and these are the kids that are coming up. And so we're we're. I think what's what's starting to happen is we as an industry need to look at the, beyond the traditional means of where we've been bringing people in. Um, because we don't necessarily right now have the same financial firepower to draw in that talent as the greater tech industry does right now. And that's, that. I mean, that's kind of the, the, the big white elephant in the room, is that you can make a very good living doing this. Very good. I mean, it's, it's well, uh, you know, we, we, I think we can all say, we, we, you know, we're pretty happy with what I've done. I have no regrets about what I've done. But if I was 14 or 15 or 17 years old coming out of school, 
I know that I would potentially have looked at the industry, you know, at, at, at the tech industry as opposed to this industry. And so it's, it's a matter of finding ways to, and, and, and I think that Infocom is trying. Um, Cedia, I don't think we are, we're at that point yet. Um, I know that we tried a couple of years ago reaching out to like high schools and, and kind of robotics programs and bringing them in. But that's the dilemma. And I think right now what's happening is because there's a lack of actual manpower, the manufacturers have seen that the tools are being developed to combat current tech that's coming out. And the integrators and everybody who's been who's been around have had to adapt their business models. You're just going to use that to death, aren't you? I, I am just going to beat that one. Right. <laughs> so let, let me bring in something from a different angle. Um, there's a commercial running right now for GE, uh, General Electric. And um, in the commercial, the, there's a, a very nice-looking young man who's obviously either a recent college graduate or, or, or still in college, goes to his friends and says, I'm going to be an engineer for, for GE. And the, the opposite end of that is, you know, well, we thought you were going to be a programmer. You were going to make all these cute little apps and this, that, and the other. And so they're almost disappointed that he's not going to work for a startup, that he's not going to work for, you know, the next great unicorn, uh, as Richie put it. Um, Patrick, is it, are we to the point where, you know, we, we let these, these young people uh, go after their unicorn hunt, as it were? Uh, and, and when the hunt fails, do we grab them then? Is that is that the deal where we, we, we get them after the, the unicorn hunt fails? I think it's a really big challenge. Um, there's two things that come to mind is we're basically in the construction business. So the work environment is not always the most pleasant thing compared to a nice cushy office. And if you're sitting on a cable spool at the last day trying to get everything done because you're the last one in, it's not a great selling point. And the other one is the tools that we're working with. You, you know, there's a reason why we have the tools we do. The same guy who puts in the projector needs to be able to program the system. And there's a reason for that. It works well. But like Rich was saying, you've got kids going to hackathons and writing incredible code. And if you sit them down in front of our typical AV tools, they will really feel like they've got handcuffs on. So I think in that respect, we're going to see um, kind of a, a divergence in the software tools that we have, more object-oriented, powerful stuff, and m more simple-to-use, configurable-type systems. Because, I mean, that's really the only way you could attract any kind of talent. You can't get these really smart kids and then say, here, work with something that we've been using for the past however many years. Well, and let's let's talk about that for a second. Get, get both you and Troy's take on that, right? Uh, so both of you, both of your companies have, have developed tools for that. And and like Troy said, you have to have one thing where, you know, you can do a smaller end system, a middle system, and a higher end system. Uh, Troy, we'll start with you on, on that. First question is, is how have your customers, your clients, taken to that approach, to, to you guys as developing this? I think they uh, I think they get it. it, it it's, it, again, it's, it's become necessary, even though it's taken a little bit of time to help them see it it's become necessary for them to defragment and to begin to focus a little bit more. Uh, and, and as, as the manufacturers are driving, you know, the, the costs are coming down on, on devices. Um, I mean, at one point in time, uh, you know, Crestron was offering a remote that was like $2,000 and now they've got remotes that are a couple hundred bucks. And so because of that, uh, people are now saying, okay, I can do the low, the middle and the high, with the, 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 the same approach. 
And so they're really enjoying this uh, uh, ability to be able to do the same thing no matter what the size of the job is. They can use the same tools. All right. And so that's been that's been a, a, a wonderful thing for for the ones that have you know jumped on with uh, what we're doing. Patrick, same question to you. How how have your clients you know kind of taken to this approach? Well, I've always had a, a pretty good mix of integrators and end users as customers, so I get both perspectives. Um, the app isn't really for integrators because if you need to go to a job site and be able to handle anything that's thrown at you, you need the tools to really get in there and and fine tune the IR code. So if you have a configurable system, your hands are tied and you're not going to be able to get anywhere. But a lot of end users are perfectly happy knowing what's supported and what's not and working within those parameters. And yeah, more and more we see IT departments and technology managers wanting to do more themselves. It's just a fact of life. I, I can hear my name getting cro crossed off many Christmas cards as I speak. But <laughs> no, I mean, that's the truth, though. Yeah, yeah you're right. Well, and, and so so one more question for, for, for you two specifically. In that, right, in the fact that you guys are, are, are making it a little bit easier for tech managers, which, you know, that's a soft spot in my heart because I came from that arena. How have manufacturers taken to you um, when it comes to these systems? Um, you know, Patrick, we'll start with you and then come back to Troy on that. Um, because in my personal opinion, and this is, this is Tim's personal opinion, I would think that they would be overjoyed the fact that somebody is making, um, you know, uh, the giving other people the ability to make their systems and put more of their products into more systems by making them easier. So, Patrick, how have how have uh, other uh, the 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 control companies taken to this? It, it was a, a big concern for me in the beginning. I was really worried, to be perfectly honest. But they've been really supportive with test gear and really i showed somebody at cedia and i really didn't know which way it was going to go and he said that's what you're supposed to be doing and you know you could look at it either way you could say the ipad is a control system that's competition for touch panels and this and that or you could really look at it at a different way and say it opens up new market channels mm -hmm. new, new ways to sell it because more people could sell complicated gear and um yeah, it's been really positive, the response, and really nobody has seen it as competition because it's not. It's just another way of doing things. There's really, yep. it's just another tool in the tool bag to get something done. You know, if, if you need a universal remote, then you don't need a central controller and, and five days of programming. You need a universal remote. So there's all different types of systems, and it's really important just to pick the right tool for the job. Yep, absolutely. All right, Troy, same question to you. How have, how have manufacturers taken to this? Uh, I'm with Patrick on that. I think that they've, uh, they've, they've welcomed it. Uh, and quite frankly, uh, it was expected. It just didn't happen by a lot of different companies out there. There were a lot, there's a lot of complaining going on. A lot of guys saying, Hey, I, should I get my resume ready for McDonald's? And I, you know what? I, I can't help you, but, uh, the manufacturers have been, you know, totally supportive of what we've done, uh, because, it, it only helps them. It only helps them grow their business. It helps, it gives them another avenue. Um, you know, specifically they, they recognize that they can't do it all. They, they don't want to try to do it all. That's why CSPs and VIPs and all these things get to exist because, you know, there's enough of it out there that we, it needs a team. Mm -hmm. It needs a, 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 you know, a team of people to, to support the opportunities and the clients out there. So 
yeah, they, they, they've, they've loved it. Um, I'd even go so far as to say they've learned some things from us and, and they've, they've even tried to implement some of these things within their organizations to, to help make things better and easier for the integrators and the end users as well, ultimately. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, let's, think, let's, be, let's be honest here, guys. I mean, and some people may not realize this, but 20, 30 years ago, um, there wasn't a, a CSP or a VIP program, right? right. Uh, Crestron did a lot of the programming themselves. Uh, if you sold a system, you, the Crestron was your programmer. Uh, and it's taken them a couple evolutions and, and a few years to recognize that, hey, there's there's a team of folks out here that really kind of want to do this. Uh, so I you know, applaud them and AMX and, and Extron and everybody else. So, uh, all right, guys, let's as, as we kind of wrap this up, let's look ahead. Let's look ahead and, and, and take what we've we've learned. We've talked about the fact that Extron's coming out with with their, their Python based programming language. Uh, a, folk, a couple of folks have, have already been through the classes. Uh, Crestron is, is is leaning more towards the. C sharp model, obviously, AMX is, is uh, has got their their programming languages as well. Uncle Richie, let's let's start with you on this. Where are we going in the next 12, 24 months when it comes to programming languages and and the, and the software? Well, I think the first part that that I I've constantly been you know kind of the the the, da- the Debbie Downer about is I've always I continue to feel that we are one successful Kickstarter project away from a massive threat to the existing um, control system architecture. I, I really believe that. I, I think that at some point, the greater tech industry is going to go, you know, you know, software ain't hardware. It, it's just an evolution. I've always felt that our industry from a tech landscape approach has always been about 20, 25 years behind where the tech industry has gone. And and my feeling has always been that we're always going to need those those processors to do stuff you know you're never going to replace a video conferencing unit and an audio conferencing unit completely with a raspberry pi running some you know weird hack together script that people have done i mean it's it's just people rely on it too much their business model and their reliability you know there there's there's there is a need always for our industry to make things reliable it's why you don't walk in with a wireless pa and a mr microphone on stage you know to put on a broadway musical i mean there's there's purpose driven stuff um with that said there has to be and it's we're already seeing um a shakeup that is occurring that is forcing our industry to focus less on the proprietary aspects of what we do and more on the collaborative aspects of what we do. Um, <clears throat> you know, again, when you can write something in Swift that allows you to access, you know, the controls of, of the devices, which was gorgeous, by the way. You know, when I first saw it, I just went, holy cow. Um, you know, I mean, I was blown away. I went, hold, somebody got it. Somebody went, here is the first iteration that I can see that we are taking the mainstream tools and we're incorporating them with a decades-long way of doing things. Um, and we're going to see more and more of that, and it's going to accelerate. And we're going to see it from our, our existing manufacturers, you know, within the next, I, I'm going to, you know, again, within the next 24 months, I personally feel that, again, you, you, you need to focus on being a technologist. You need to be focusing on all of the other aspects of what's coming in. And, and so, you know, what's, what's coming out, it, it's, you know, convergence. Again, you know, that overused word, we hate using it. But it's finally real because these other industries are saying, hey, look, you know, we need these tools. Obviously, if I've got a USB camera and a USB microphone 
and a screen built into my display here, you know, there isn't necessarily a need for a $70,000 um, virtual presence. There's something in between. The, the, the explosion of the huddle room is a perfect example. People would say, look, I just want to come in, plug in, Skype or, or do a go to meeting or whatever it happens to be, use it and get out. That's the convenience nature. It's the same reason why <clears throat> we were the naysayers about the mobile device. I mean, I can't remember how many shows we had years ago. I mean, if you go back into archives just two years ago and talk about how mobile was never going to happen and tablets and people weren't going to use it because it doesn't work in the business environment, fast forward 24 months now and we're all kind of going, yeah, you know, <laughs> about um, this. Whoops. You know, and I remember, I mean, it was kind of like the guy, the equivalent, the guy banging his shoe on the table going, mobile will never enter the commercial marketplace. It's too unreliable. Everybody's walking in with it. Yeah. Mobile took over. Software is eating the world. To think that our industry is not going to be absolutely consumed by it. I, again, it's it's just start getting your resume out at that point, you know, that we were talking about with Troy is, is that, um, you know, we need to embrace and actively engage and, and look at what the rest of the industry is doing and go, you know what, they're doing it better than us. And so rather than kind of keep saying, we do it better, we're more reliable, we've got X, X, and X, they've got better engineers, they've got better software developers, they've got better brains in some of these companies. And to say they're not doing it right, that's a lot of hubris from our side of the industry that's occurring. Yeah. And so I, I, I see, I, I think what's going to necessarily happen is people are going to be forced to open up to the greater tech industry, and they're going to and they're going to kick and scream every step of the way. But what's going to happen is the ones that adapt will continue. The ones who don't. see what I did again. <laughs> Very nice. Very well done. But the other ones are, you know, I mean, they're 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 just not going to be around. All right, that that makes a whole lot of sense. All right, uh, Steve, from from your perspective, where where are we headed here? I, I, I mean, I think Rich makes a lot of good points. I'm, I'm, I'll be more on, uh, optimistic in, in saying that, you know, I, I, I see things, that, you know, in the short term still still being uh, strong and lucrative. However, there, there, there are definitely some, some subtle shifts and some not so subtle shifts. But I think that we that now we're having conversations, at least I'm going to speak more from a commercial perspective. We're having more conversations with IT people and they want us to think like them and they want us to approach projects uh, differently than maybe what we were used to. And, and, and we don't look at things as one-offs, but more of a, a solution that's going to be enterprise-wide and how can we write them a uh, how, how can we design systems and program systems that are going to be something that they can deploy in mass quantity and and how can we come up with programming solutions that are going to be easily changeable and modifiable and 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 not have one-offs that are, are going to require a, a, a programming fee per room but rather one fee to make that change that's going to to then be dispersed throughout their whole organization um, so, so I think we need to start to, and we've talked about this as well in, in past episodes, is we start need to start to look more at software development practices, and we need to start to, to look at coming up with ways of architecting systems um, fr from a software perspective. And, and, we, and, and I think, most importantly, start to define what you want from a software perspective and then let that dictate what your systems are going, how your systems are going to be physically designed. 
I think the uh, the functionality is becoming more to the forefront. We've wanted this for years, so the, the there's there's I think a lot more focus on control. Although there may be threats that are are imminent, I think the opportunities are great right now for for control uh, programmers and 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 software providers because I think the, we, we finally looked at things as programming not being the necessary evil, but more of being what is going to make or break the solution. Well, and, and Rich has been, you know, banging his desk about that for years, too. I mean, the, the, here's the thing. The the day that you can use GitHub with a Crestron control system and, and Crestron programming, I will be the first in line to, to shout it from the rooftops and, and sing their praises. But right now, they're not there. Um, and, in terms of just... Deploying it? No, but in terms of collaboration, right? I mean, okay. GitHub. Uh, we already do. Well, sort yeah, of. We, we use it we as well. We, we use, yeah, okay. I mean, we, we're already. For... I mean, you have to. From a collaborative standpoint, just but... basic software rules in terms of checking stuff in, checking out, collaborative measures. Um... Okay, so hang on for a second. You can't do that, though, if you're writing in simple Windows. Sure, absolutely. You can, but it's not so... very. It's not. It's not the same exactly. route where all of a sudden you'll see somebody's notes. That exactly. Somebody yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Is is when it's when it when it's equating right. When you when when somebody who we hire from IBM or from Facebook, and they look at the way we do things and they go, oh yeah, that makes sense. We did it the exact same way. The day that we can do that, right? That is that's kind of what I'm looking for. Not we can kind of do it and sort of do it and you know share back and forth, but I don't know. I think that the current generation of how we view touch panels right now and the next generation of how the user interface is going to be deployed, I, I, I truly think that, that that is going to start driving a lot more. And, and, and again, we're already seeing it with, with uh, some of the interfaces that have come out. I think we're, we're going to, fortunately, I think, we're going to get back to a more user interface human-centric approach to the interface and work back from it and my my goal my hope is always going to be is that we're going to be able to embed more in the ui itself and take less out of that central processing break because it just it just has always made more sense in that respect and we're slowly starting to see those things drive forward. okay yeah uh all right troy from from your perspective where are we going where are we headed um i i believe that our there's a separation occurring between the experts in our industry and software developers. And, and I've, I've talked to some guys at Citrix and uh, some of the other larger tech companies, and, and they love our industry. They want, they want in. And, and their way in, uh, so I, I, I agree in part with what Richard said, is that there are guys that, that are looking at this and they're, and they're interested and, and, they're, and they're poking around. These guys are wanting in, and they're going to get in through IoT, I believe. That's where they're going to kind of make their entrance. But at the end of the day, just as I can't hire a guy right out of college who's a an expert software guy and have him up to speed on our industry, it's going to take those guys a while. They're 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 going to they're going to need to, you know, learn some things. These guys don't know what HDCP is and EDID and all those you know things and. There, there's some complicated stuff going on there. So I, I think kind of like Steve said, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more optimistic about the, the good guys in our industry that have been doing this a long time. The guys that, that, that have been through the trenches 
um, they're, they're going to survive this if they've made the right choices, and they're going to not only survive it, they're going to be looked upon for uh, maybe some of these larger tech companies to learn things from. And there might be some acquisition and merger stuff going on, and there, you know, those types of things. But I think in the end, our industry is going to be better for it. And I, I think that right now, those bit larger tech companies, they just don't know what they don't know. And I don't believe it's going to get simplified to the point where it becomes so easy that anybody can just jump in and do it. I don't think we're ever going to be there. But I do think that uh, as software engineers come on from other other industries and start looking at our industry and playing in it, and they're doing this now, but as this happens, we're going to see our industry is going to grow on the software end of things. But I don't think those guys are ever going to touch or want to touch the services end of our industry. And and I, I forget who said it, but it was a very poignant point. The we're we're there to pick up the phone for you. That we, we we're we're here as a company uh, to provide a service to our industry. And I think that's why we're going to sustain uh, any changes in the software end of it. So I, I don't believe we're going to have to go away or, you know, we all need to be getting our resumes ready or anything like that. But I, I do think that that the, the one-off guys that haven't taken a business-minded approach to their business, whether you're a single guy or, or a, a group, doesn't really matter. It's taking the right approach to your business. I think those guys are going to have a hard time in the next 24 months. No, absolutely. I, I, I would agree with that because it's going to be a, it's going to be a, 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 a sticky uh, business situation in the next few, few years. Mm-hmm. So. All right, Patrick, you'll have the last word. Give us, uh, give us your soothsayer wisdom. I see a future free of infrared and serial control. Oh, don't even. Every manufacturer has an open API. You have, you have, you, you've taken Uncle Richie's cold medicine. (laughs) I actually disagree because until we have that, there won't be some um, next big thing that comes along and puts us all out of business because like I've got an Amazon Fire Stick. There's no infrared. There's no API. You can't control the thing. So as long as we're integrating different things from different manufacturers, we'll always have something to do. But I really see a lot more open APIs. I really hope that that's where manufacturers start heading because we are in the integration business. And if you can't speak a language that everybody understands, then you're not really integrating. Um, I also see decentralized control as a design concept that may take off. So if an IT department orders a, a pallet of iPads. It doesn't matter which one they take. They maybe have a B2B app in their own a- app store that they only have access to. They could deploy the apps by themselves and control their systems that way and just throw away an iPad, take the next one, deploy it themselves. So that might be an opportunity. Like Rich was saying, um, we have the, our standard way of doing control systems. And then he saw this Swift thing to me, it was just another control system manufacturer. If it starts with an A and C or, or if it's Apple, it, it's just another way of doing things. And um, I see that as an opportunity. That'll be interesting. And with the decentralized control, it doesn't mean you can't have a central processor as well and yeah. run right alongside things. So it, I see these, more of those hybrid type designs coming along. These are good examples, too, of how we're going to remain relevant is by coming up with new ways of inventing ourselves and, and seeing making turning that change into opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. 
All right, guys. I will let you all uh, get get on with your uh, your Christmas week th- uh, festivities. Thank you all so much, Troy Morgan, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, good to see you. And and again, if you didn't, are you gonna bring uh, are you gonna bring R two D two to to Infocom again this year? Um, so I wanted I didn't want to correct you, but I I, I have to okay. now. Yeah. Uh, that uh, R two was not my R two. Oh, it was not yours. Okay, but the, but CD it was. Uh, I think PV Media Matrix uh, hired. Uh, somebody to 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 bring one, um, but yours was but a CDO. CDO. Okay, was mine, uh, and and was built by me from the ground up, and is a Crestron controlled R two. So um, <laughs> I will tell you this: the response was large enough that there's a good chance that that he'll be there. But if he's going to be there, he's going to be there to show off something that we haven't seen before. So. Very good. All right, Troy is from Pantech Designs. How do people get a hold of you and or Pantech Designs, sir? Uh, you can find us at www.pantechdesign.com or on Twitter with at Pantech Design and or at PD Adapt. Okay, very good. Uh, also with us uh, has been uh, my buddy Patrick Murray. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Tim. How can people um, get a hold of you? you go to the website, avgooey.com, or follow me on Twitter, app. And I'm bouncing around the idea of creating a iOS programming course for AV programmers. So if that sounds interesting to anyone, mm-hmm. please uh, sign up for the newsletter and let me know. Right. And the reaction will determine if I do it or not. Very good. Very interesting. Uh, a, a, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, under the weather, Uncle Richie. So thank you, sir. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Um, obviously, uh, where is it again? There, there R, it is. R for at Arfragosa on Twitter. And let me just quickly say, um, you know, you asked a little bit about, you know, what, what what is it that we can look for in the industry to help the industry grow? Uh, Patrick's a perfect example. He he is, when I met him and we met at Cedia, um, he absolutely epitomizes somebody coming to the industry with fresh eyes and saying there's, there's ways to do this and brilliant ideas. And I mean, just a flat out brilliant idea with what he came to market with it, that was just... You know, he gives me hope for the industry. You know, it's like I said, even though I'm the Debbie Downer about it, it's like he's he he. I believe he's going to be part of that next generation of what we're going to yep. see of guys coming up with stuff that we've just gone, holy cow! So, Rich, I, I, I'm very flattered, but really anybody can do this. Honestly, anybody who's in AV okay. obviously likes to learn. I just can't do it. Before. Let's start there. <laughs> really, Google, learn Swift. <laughs> anybody can do this. You just you need the time. We're all too busy. That's the big. Well, problem. maybe that's it. So, so but right. hopefully next time on SOC, uh, I'll, I'll I'll have a, a better voice. And actually, this is the time we first time we had Troy in, on video. We had him on audio before. He was he was audio only. Uh, I think episode two. Yeah. Oh, good well, night. Maybe that was it. All right. Well, um, and are you going to CES for the the fine folks at CE Pro? I will not be attending okay. CES this this year for the the. Uh, it's a, it's a pretty heightened security, and and they're, they're and you're on all kinds of lists and stuff. So so yeah. So now the uh, the my compatriots at Electronic House and CE Pro will be there. Uh, but yes, if you want to find me here, or you can find me on CEPro.com, also now on Electronic House. Oh, very good. Um, actually coming out. Uh, I'm actually even in like printed letters and stuff. Like wow. I'm, I'm less virtual these days. Look so. at that, fancy. All right, sir. Uh, and last, sir, uh, Steve Greenblatt. Control Concepts, how, how do people find you, sir? 
Uh, website is uh, controlconcepts.net. Uh, you can find me uh, at Steve Greenblad uh, on uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, any of those types of things. And, uh, you know, through Wavy Nation with the state of control. All right, all right, very good. Uh, my name is Tim Albright, even though I've, I screwed up the beginning of this show. Uh, uh, don't follow me, but go by the website. Lots of really fine people like Steve and Rich and, and have, have contributed to it, made it what it is, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others. Uh, we actually have quite a few for the end of the year. We've got this program coming up. We've got a new ed tech New state of control, our new uh, social, which is probably how I screwed up the first uh, part of the show, uh, our best of, and also our year end show, a new light cast, uh, our lighting show. So, yeah, check out the website, avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for watching. This has been a state of control. Mm-hmm.